Hello, and welcome to Geek Between the Lines, the podcast that explores compelling themes in some of our favorite geeky properties. I'm Brittany. I'm Chris. And this week, we're going to be talking about hope in Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So to start us out, why don't we talk about something that we have hope in? Okay. So you go first. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go completely away from anywhere that you're gonna go. Is question. I'm sure that's true. I have hope in humanity. <laughs> oh no. Um, that's very true. And I know that you don't at <laughs> all. Um, but mm. I I do still feel inspired by some of the work that people do, and I think that people can be loving. And that, as a whole, though inequalities have certainly continued to grow. What? I know, right? I'm sorry I don't have any sources to, to cite for this one, so you're just going to oh. have to trust me on this. But, uh, <laughs> but I also see that general standards of living, I think, are improving. If we look at things in a long-term way, obviously that won't be fully a, a straight line, because we definitely are coming up on economic, environmental, social issues that are going to definitely hurt a lot of people. But I I think that people generally want or will want to do right. And so I have hope that humanity will will move generally in the right direction. That's nice. I don't even think you think it's nice that I think that. That's true. I was trying to seem better to our listeners. (laughs) So for me, I think one of the things I have hope in is reconciliation. Hmm. I don't think that it will always work, and I don't think all people, unlike you, want it. But I think I have hope that that is the best way to to do things and and to be even if it's hard and even if it never happens i guess to me hope isn't necessarily that it will happen that you hope it will right mm-hmm. so it's yeah. hope rather than faith yeah mhm so to bring us into our actual geeky property we have a quote and this quote comes from the return of the king which is in book six of it the land of shadow and basically sam and frodo are in mordor and everything is terrible and they don't have enough water and food and there are enemies everywhere and they're just trying to make it through completely exhausted and sleep deprived to Mount Doom. So Frodo's fast asleep and Sam kind of has some moments of despair. And then this quote happens. There, peeping among the cloud rack above a dark tor high up in the mountains, Sam saw a white star twinkle for a while. The beauty of it smote his heart. As he looked up out of the forsaken land, and hope returned to him, for like a shaft, clear and cold, the thought pierced him that in the end the shadow was only a small and passing thing. There was light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. Yeah, and I think I think that's one of the things. Sam, I think when we think about hope in Lord of the Rings, we would think about Sam because he just has the most hope, I think, of any character. But even he, at some point, it was so hard for him, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, everything looks so bleak and 
Yeah, I think it's kind of cool that it was this outside source of beauty that made him kind of jolt back into his more hopeful self, which is his natural self. Yeah, beauty and kind of, I think, seeing something beyond the reach of mm-hmm. anything he can have any influence on, mm-hmm. you know, where he knows that no matter what he does, this star will continue to twinkle and to continue mm-hmm. to shine. And that does bring a, a kind of hope. It's kind of like looking at those those great things where you can zoom out from an atom all the way to the size of the universe Mm -hmm. and like it shows how things change in perspective when you look at these higher levels of things and it kind of makes the smaller petty things um which obviously sam's not dealing with a small petty (laughs) but you know those small petty (laughs) trekking across a forsaken land to do the impossible um Finally, Sam can get out of his own way and stop realizing how selfish and self-focused <laughs> he's being. No, no. For our lives, we can kind yeah. of see see more in perspective. And, and I think Sam, even on this large adventure, kind of is able to see hope because not only is it something that he can influence, but something that Sauron can influence, which yeah, that's powerful. Agreed. Well, why don't you start us off with a character? So, my character is not Sam. It was very difficult for me not to pick Sam. Understandably. But then I was also like, well, then I'm just going to like hash out every single bit of like the books and movies because... There's a lot of it. Exactly. It's just every time he's on screen or mm-hmm. page, it's pretty much him yeah. being helpful. So I decided to go in a very different direction and choose Gollum. Interesting. Yeah, because... I think he has one of the most fervent hopes of any character. Mm-hmm. I think in some ways it, it rivals uh, Sam altogether because at the end of the day, he has this undying hope that he's going to be reunited with the Precious. And that's against all logic, right? It's been lost to him for how many years 70, 70 something like that and then like but that's at the start mm-hmm. of the series right and then it's even more after that because it's like what 50 years or something until they even start on this journey i don't know it's or 30 it's, it's a, it's, it's a lot for at least, it's yeah. a lot of time and he still has this unceasing hope in it and i think it's that hope that keeps him going he's been tortured he has not had any food, water, all of these things, but he keeps going because he has hope in this thing. And I think it's so interesting that, at least in the movie, after he falls off the edge, the ring is lost, and and Sam is telling Frodo, like, don't let go. Don't you dare do that. Because you can just kind of see that in Frodo's eyes, almost like he's just done. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because Gollum never had that. He always was willing to keep going as long as he had the potential of mm-hmm. being reunited with the ring. Yeah. Do you, do you imagine that that has to do with the fact that Frodo also knows the ring's gone? And can never come back? Mm. Maybe. I don't know. But no, it's, it's definitely an interesting analysis because, yeah, because Gollum is such a driven character and such a singularly driven character mm-hmm. um, that I, I can definitely see a lot of that there. And you could even argue that, you know, that's why he can 
die with a smile on his face, you know, mm-hmm. is because he got the ring. And even though as he's plummeting into a volcano, <laughs> he can yeah. be happy about that. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, that's what I think hope is. It's not about how likely it is to happen. Mm-hmm. It's that you hope in it even if it's the least likely thing to happen ever. Mm-hmm. And I think he does that very well. Obviously not in a good way that's helping his life, but hope nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what is your plot? My plot is the hope that the Council of Elrond and the Fellowship and everyone has in the journey of the Ring Bearer to drop the ring into Mount Doom. Well, that's my compelling question, so you suck. I mean, you kind of took my compelling question, too. What? Yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're not going to have anything to talk about. <laughs> oh, well. It's all right. We'll, we'll draw out. this out. But no, because I think it's interesting, because imagine being Boromir and mm-hmm. showing up at this council. And, like, we kind of see Boromir as, like, oh, he just wants to go to war. He doesn't understand the ring and how it has to be destroyed. But, like, yeah, imagine not understanding, never heard, mm-hmm. having heard of the ring before, not really ever having had fought Sauron himself or, or understood that fight, you know? Like, mm-hmm. being so far removed from that and then coming to this thing and hearing there's this weapon here that instead of you using to fight, continue these fights that you've been having your whole life, mm-hmm. that you're, it's getting harder and harder to win, you're being told, no, you got to give it to this halfling mm-hmm. who is then going to walk it into the camp of mm-hmm. the person who you're fighting, who's getting stronger and stronger, and throw it into a volcano. Like, I can see why that would be difficult to get behind. Yeah. But, and especially seeing that hope that he's going to have seen in Elrond and in Gandalf and the other people there, right? These clearly very knowledgeable, well-understood people that this is the last hope of the free peoples of Middle-earth. And I think that that's such a far-fetched hope. I can see how that'd be difficult for Boromir. And it's one of the reasons why I also do respect Boromir, that he does go along, you know? Mm -hmm. He does, even if he doesn't believe as strongly or believe even at all, he goes along because this is what the decision is, and he's going to help. He's not going to get in the way. He's not going to make it harder. He is going to put his considerable strength, certainly in his own mind, um, <laughs> to the cause, and he's going to, to attempt to help as best he can. It's kind of funny because when you're <laughs> saying that, it kind of reminds me of, it's like, oh, yeah, the intelligentsia are all saying, oh, no. You can't use this thing. This is the only plan. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I've been the one on the ground doing all this stuff, and I just have to go along with you stuffy elves have to say about it. I mean, not that all elves are stuffy, but uh, no, Elrond but, might be. But totally. Imagine if we read the book or watched the movie coming from Bormir's perspective. Yeah. Where Bormir is following his brother's dream to Elrond <laughs> to figure out what's going on. He knows that there's bad stuff going on. He's been fighting as a general for all this time. He should blame Faramir. <laughs> you had this dream. I mean, Faramir was the one who wanted to come. Boromir's like, no, I'm Boromir. Yeah. I will come. <laughs> um, but yeah, imagine just showing up and being told by all these like high-minded people who have not been fighting this war, or that, in your perspective, that... No, you can't use this weapon. This You can't use this to save lives. You can't use mm-hmm. this to win a battle. You're, yeah. We're going to destroy this. Yeah, it, it's just an interesting thing. But I think that that 
it's so revealing of the hope that they have in Frodo and in this journey that this is the last thing that that can ha- that can solve it. You know, like they've seen the ring corrupt before. They understand that it can't be used in other ways, in ways that Boromir doesn't. But all of their hopes still go with Frodo. Mm-hmm. And I think that especially after um, the Fellowship is broken and Aragorn and Gandalf and all these people have these moments of anxiety but also hope for Frodo, of of what's going on with him. We haven't seen him in this many days I don't know. We're doing our best to try to help him, but we can't know. But they have still have that hope, you know, that 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 hope that Frodo and Sam are still alive and still moving forward. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And when I was thinking of posing this question, I'm really not sure. I don't know if they actually had hope in their plan. Or they're just like, this is the only option we have. And it's probably going to fail, but at least we have to try it. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder how much of it was that. Because it, it's not like they didn't even get Lumbus bread until Lothlorien. It's like, what did, what did they give them to go on this vast journey? This mission, quest thing mm-hmm. they didn't give them anything yeah. really they didn't have the, their cloaks they didn't have all of their weaponry and it's a come on rivendell you must have had some resources other than books mm-hmm. and so yeah i just kind of wonder and, and i understand that they wouldn't want to send maybe more than nine people because they wouldn't want to draw too much attention and mm-hmm. and such but were people doing a lot else to try to help? I mean, I think they were trying to contact certain people or whatnot, kind of behind the scenes, but... I mean, there there are for sure other battles and things going on around mm-hmm. Middle-earth during this whole issue, you know? Like, some of the, one of the only reasons they were able to win it, it, at Minas Tirith is because of the battles going on at Dale and Lake Town and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and Will Florian. So, like, yeah, mm-hmm. there, there is the other stuff going on, but Rivendell's basically seen as the last bastion. Like, this will be the last po- point of defense if everywhere else fails. Yeah, and shouldn't any of them been trying to figure out, well, they're off risking their lives. Maybe we should think about, is there any possible way we could maybe get rid of the Nazgul? Mm. You know, like... St- try to come up with plans to to help in any way they can instead of like well i hope those nine make it all right (laughs) like i don't know i think in the lack of prep preparation and and the lack of also other avenues they were really pursuing to try to help it's almost like did you have hope in it or did you have too much hope in it that it would be fine because oh hey he's with gandalf but i don't know it just kind of is like, hmm. Yeah. So what exactly was going to be your, your compelling question? Um, it was just going to be about what what do you think the relationship is to their decision of forming the fellowship and hope. Okay. Because I think there's, there's another element there that you kind of brought up, which is if this is your only choice, this isn't your best choice, this isn't anything else, this is your only choice, 
where is the like can you define that as hope hope you know yeah, exactly if this is the the only possibility of it happening and you want it to happen obviously right but is there real hope involved that you actually have or or i guess the question would be, I guess would be is there faith involved like mm-hmm. can you have hope obviously but can you have faith that it will work yeah and and i think that that it's that's different for each character that some characters do have that but i wouldn't be surprised if elrond didn't really you know he was mm-hmm. trying to get the elves to all go to the west obviously he didn't want middle earth to perish but i don't At know the if end he of the was day. yeah yeah which actually kind of leads me to a different compelling question i was like toying with which would be toy with me <laughs> which would be what do you what do you think the elves going to the west kind of signifies about hope hmm it's an interesting question i think it signifies that for the elves their hope is for an end so a lot of times we think of hope as you know from what would be considered in middle earth a human perspective right of as what can happen before the end it's pushing off the end if anything but for the elves coming from a different perspective an immortal perspective their hope is to have not only an end, but a a good end. I'd almost even see it closest to uh, those in Rohan, who, like, if you die in battle, you can be, you know, have a glorious afterlife, essentially. For the elves, to go west is to to have an end, whether it's death or whether it's something else, which I think is, is very ambivalent in the books, mm-hmm, but... Mm-hmm. That end is, and the quality of that end and the style of that end, I think, is, is so important to them. And so having that hope to be able to do this is interesting because the West calls to them, too, right? Like, when they're going down south to to Gondor um, and to Minas Tirith, Legolas starts talking about how the, the wind in the south is calling to him, right? Just being near the ocean calls to him in this way. And so it's this kind of drive to have that that final leaving of Middle Earth being done in this this particular way. What do you think? But see, to me, if what they wanted is an end, say possibly an end to existence, to me that would be the antithesis of hope. That would be like to 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 want an end is is to hope for nothing in yeah, a sense. And exactly. so to me, I thought of more the West. I always thought of it as, yeah, some other type of existence. And if that's true, to me it just kind of seems escapism. Mm-hmm. And, which is something that's always bugged me about different religious sects and stuff like that. Of, well, does it really matter what happens here? Let's just escape in the end to some planet we haven't ruined or, you know, whatever it is. And it kind of makes people not have any sense of responsibility. Hmm. And in some ways, it kind of seems like the elves are doing that a bit. I can see that for sure. I think that that for me, the reason I, I see it as like this hope for an end is because I imagine I'm having to imagine a new paradigm of looking at the world where I feel like so many of our hopes exist because, we have an end coming. And without that, I wonder how that would affect how you hope for things, you know? 
if you've been around for 3,000 years, yeah, do you still have the same hopes for life and for Middle Earth or for the world that you're in? But yeah. I definitely think that that is a valid criticism of the elves, that they are, in a lot of ways, abdicating their responsibility. Um, it's one of the reasons I love Haldir coming in with the elves in the movies, mm-hmm. because I think that showing up and and putting forward your your lives and, and when you have your way more to lose than anyone else there yeah it's i think it's really important and i think that the idea of moving to the gray havens and moving west especially for those who can help if you are a soldier if you're a warrior then that is in a lot of ways abdicating responsibility not only to the world but especially to the other denizens of the world you are saying that you moving and going into the Undying Lands is more important than any help that you could possibly give to all those who would be dying if Sauron takes over. Dying, enslaved, tortured, all these things, terrible things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe they're just like me and they just they don't believe in the good <laughs> of Middle-earth. It's possible. <laughs> but do you think that that, that would stop you from... Doing no, the most to help. I'm, exactly. I'm just joking. <laughs> so basically, you're just better than the elves. That's what you're trying to say. Well, I think that's part of why I do feel strongly about social justice and those types of things because I don't just believe that in the end humans will choose the right thing because they've proven for millennia that they don't, right? So I'm kind of like, we should do these things <laughs> mm-hmm. so i don't know i don't know who i would be <laughs> not a hobbit no if it's not a hobbit not an elf not a dwarf you're gandalf basically or actually i guess you're more saruman enforcing um, your wheel will no having no faith in the world will will work it out i mean i'm more gandalf no, you're a hobbit. Am I? Yeah. You're kind of, you, you kind of like the hobbit life. <laughs> Don't you? Laying back, drinking beer, singing songs. Mm-hmm. Simple life. I do like all those things. I think the hobbits are a little too classy for me, though. They're too classy. I'm, I'm more ambunctious. Especially like... So you would be a took. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a tookish style hobbit, but the, <laughs> the baggin style is not, not exactly what I would be, be like. Bragging, well, bagging style, not counting Frodo and Bilbo. Okay, because I was because like, they're tookish. Yeah, right? they're, they're tookish. not like the rest of the baggins. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you would love to just lay around and read books. That's true, but reading how many reading breakfasts? Books, yeah, reading books about adventures and stuff though. That's very tookish, you know. Like yeah. a baggins wouldn't really For care sure. about that. Okay, well, my question that you kind of hit earlier mm-hmm. was generally, how do you think? the effect of the ring affects the hope of ring bearers. Yeah, I was I was kind of thinking about it and I was like, oh, well, I'm character, so I have to pick one. Mm-hmm. So I picked Gollum, but I was like, oh, it affects others too. That's, so is that why you had so little to say? Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't want to like <laughs> I was like, he usually more. has so much to say about know, things. Right? Cheater. Just like a took. Just like a took. So... I think it it actually has a profound effect on ring bearers in a way of causing them to, I don't know if causing, but kind of fostering 
whatever desire they have and then turning that into hope because it could actually be realized if they have the ring, right? So I think Bilbo seems to be least affected by the ring in general. Mm-hmm. So it's a, maybe a little harder to tell for him. But Sam had this grand dream of turning the whole Middle Earth into like a garden and he'll be the supreme gardener. And, and Galadriel, when she's tempted by the ring, has kind of this desire and this hope that I could be this fierce, ruling empress in... I don't remember what she, queen, what, what is the word that they use? Mm, I just remember all she love me in despair. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so I think, yeah, it kind of fosters in them not only, oh, I have these desires somewhere deep in me, but this could actually let these desires be realized. And so they have hope in, in their dreams as well as in, in this object mm. uh, of its its power and its ability to do these things whether it does you know has that or not i mean in the end it didn't right but and then obviously sauron has this grand hope of subduing the entire world in terrible misery and grossness yes grossness that's a quote from the book absolutely Mm -hmm. grossness a fine anglo-saxon word that tolkien would love yes yes he does (laughs) I think my one of the reasons I was thinking about this question and to challenge that is that the quote that we read today, it goes on to talk about how Sam before was not hopeful when he was storming the keep to get back to, to Frodo, right? Mm-hmm. He was not hopeful, he was defiant. And so I wonder how much of that defiance came from the ring hmm. or his possession of the ring. And then now he's able to be hopeful again because he's coming back to being just Sam, right? He's Mm -hmm. not as influenced by the ring anymore because it wasn't that he was going in there to hope to save Frodo, right? It Mm -hmm. was defiance to fight against those who would attack him and his master. But I think that was because he had so much love for his master. Mm -hmm. Because when he's... It's actually right before this quote that he's thinking about the the supreme gardener Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and that didn't seem like defiance as much as this would be the best possible middle Mm. earth there could be yeah so i kind of wonder how that works there so so maybe the ring tempts you with your Mm -hmm. hopes but Mm -hmm. its actual effect is less to instill you with hope but more to corrupt you into into being so focused on accomplishing X, Y, or Z that you no longer actually care about your hope to begin with. Yeah, and I think that's a good way to look at it because in the end, I don't think real hope could ever have the person who's hoping try to force it into being. Mm. I think hope is something that you kind of openly have in in a state of vulnerability because you know that it might not happen. Hmm. But I think the ring kind of twists it. That's really profound actually. I think I think that You're welcome. I think that the idea of tying power 
with hope is really interesting because Mm -hmm. the ring takes your hope and then shows you what it would be like to put all of that power into accomplishing that thing. Mm -hmm. But accomplishing that thing through that kind of power is not is so different from hoping for this thing to occur right Mm -hmm. because you don't hope for something to you don't hope for the power to make something occur right Mm -hmm. at least most of the the good characters in lord of the rings don't right Mm -hmm. they hope for that thing to occur and and to help out in any way they can but it's not about having that control whereas the ring is all about that control Mm -hmm. you're smart (laughs) that's my ravenclaw side (laughs) Well, what about a missed opportunity? So my missed opportunity is that I think that there is a lack of hope in any of those on Sauron or Sodomon's side because basically there was so little hope that any of them on that side would change or do something loving or be able to be talked to in a way that could maybe make them see that this wasn't the right way to you know wasn't the right course of action but there was so little hope that that could ever happen no non-violent methods were ever thought about in Mm. dealing with them and so yeah i think that that's a missed opportunity i think that it would have been really great to see if anyone yeah at any of the little councils or meetings that they have would be like well what if we try to talk with some of them we have this person here who's learned some of the orc languages Mm. and would be willing to go try to talk to some of them or you know whatever it is that it just it seemed like oh no this is a given that these are the enemies and we have to destroy them because nothing else can happen Mm. and to me that yeah shows a lack of hope in in any of those other the those other people and creatures yeah, i see that uh, my missed opportunity is similar it's also about a lack of hope seen in characters mine's actually about lack of hope in the fellowship mm-hmm. i don't think that we see a lot of what the fellowship themselves are hoping for outside of the hobbits i think the hobbits are the only actual hopeful characters obviously sam being the most so but even like Merry and Pippin, so much of what they talk about is going back to the Shire and, and you know, what their life is going to be like later, you know? They're so forward-thinking in ways that I think that the rest of the Fellowship never become. We never see what's really propelling Gimli in his life, in the lives of dwarves in general, or in why he's joining the Fellowship. Same with Legolas. And so I think that that is, that is a missed opportunity where we could see more characterization outside of them just being archetypes by having them have mm-hmm. hopes, by having them have their own dreams and desires that they could possibly move forward other than Gimli showing that he can kill more orcs than Legolas can. Well, I think they all, who join the Fellowship, have to have at least a little bit of hope, Mm. right? Because, like, especially Legolas, he's putting his life at risk, his eternal life at risk. And so I think, yeah, I I think that they do have hope when they hear about, at the council how terrible the situation is Mm -hmm. that they're like well we have to do something i guess this is the only thing so i'm gonna do it i'm not sure how much is a sense of responsibility and duty versus 
just hope that the mission will succeed. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like for Legolas as an example, I don't know if it's hope that's driving him or if it's loyalty. Loyalty to Aragorn and to Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I I do think it would be nice if each one had their own little montage going into yeah. the back of like them sleeping on it and making the decision. Totally. Yeah. I think that that would be. Or like even, yeah, having a kind of discussion, you know, Gimli talking with Gloin and the other dwarves there and being like explaining why he's going or questioning what he can get out of going or whatever else it might be, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing more than just I'm not going to let this go without a dwarf, which is also admirable character building for Gimli. But I think, yeah, it'd be nice to see something more there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think Gandalf... I think Gandalf had a a strong hope I in agree. it. He was instrumental in trying to orchestrate this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think he had a strong sense of hope and maybe Aragorn a bit cuz he knew some stuff. He but knew he knows had, some stuff, but he maybe wasn't... had more hope in his own kingship. Oh, I, I don't is, know. Was that what he was looking at? Like, I don't know. I, I feel like his character is it's also It's going to be so... really hard for me to be king if <laughs> Sauron is. That's true. So. <laughs> but, but at the beginning, he wasn't so focused on being king, especially in the movies, right? Oh, so. well, yeah. In the movies, he never was, yeah. which is cool. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Well, what about a, a takeaway? What's your, your lessons learned from this wonderful discussion we've had? I feel like my takeaways are always about the missed opportunities (laughs) and things that Tolkien needed to do better. Um, No, okay. So my takeaway is going to be that hope and and power are, mm, I don't know if mutually exclusive would be the correct way to say it but at least there there's troubling intersections there's troubling intersections and yeah i think they they're just on totally different planes Mm. what about you my takeaway is that sam's the best (laughs) because as you mentioned like he is such a hopeful character Mm-hmm. And I think some of the most touching moments in the books and the movies are the ones like the quote that we chose where it's like Sam finding hope and Sam being someone who himself is not a great character, you know, not great in the sense of having power or being G. kingly. Exactly. You know, not not a great person, but such a good person. And Sam, I mean, the scene in the movies that I, I do love is when Sam talks about the journey home and Frodo has completely given up hope that that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. But Sam, it's still part of how he's looking at things that, that they need to ration to make it so that they can get home because he still mm-hmm. has things to do and because he knows Frodo has things to do. And that just like, that's really inspirational to me. <laughs> so basically your takeaway is that you like yourself <laughs> because I'm not great. Well, I'm with But I'm good. Well, because you're just the most Sam like character. I'm pretty Sammy. 
I mean, but that's that's why, like... <laughs> hey, I like Frodo. He's much more like me. <laughs> I know, that's true. Well, and I mean, actually, I remember... <laughs> Hashtag narcissism. A long time ago, you and I had a conversation about whether I'm Sam-like or not. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I wasn't good enough to be Sam. Like, he's what I aspire to be in a lot of ways. But I don't feel like I always overlap with him in a lot of ways. I think that I am much more kind of you know, elitist intelligentsia style, like going back to grad school, want to teach in college, like these kinds of elements that Sam does not have. It's true, but I don't see those as negative things, but you would have been, I think, kinder to Gollum. Than Sam? Mm Mm-hmm. Probably. For better or worse. But Sam was right, exactly. (laughs) Well, but it didn't help in the end. I'm just saying Sam's the best. (laughs) That's a fine conclusion. And Kitty agrees with me. Um, That's why she's sitting on my lap. No, it's because she can't sit on my lap because of how I'm sitting. Details. Okay. So, why don't we look at what we're going to talk about next week? So we're going back to the Hunger Games, correct? We are. We are going to be talking about Defiance. Defiance in the Hunger Games. <laughs> There's... It's going to be hard to find that one. There's no cases coming to mind, actually. Yeah, we'll we'll really... Good thing we've got a week to think about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're going to have to scour those books. We really are, yeah. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Geek Between the Lines. You can find us on social media by searching for Geek Between the Lines on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. You can also go to our website, bit.ly slash geekbetweenthelines, or go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash geekbetweenthelines. We also want to thank Kimberly Taylor Pastel at Lacelet for designing our logo. You can find her designs at lacelet.com or searching for Lacelet on Facebook or Instagram. With that, we'll see you next time. Until then, geek, geek out! out.